Welcome to today's teaching service. You're listening to the First Century Apostolic Church FCAC Temagana. We preach, teach, and live the complete and unadulterated Word of God with genuine miracles, signs, and wonders taking place at every meeting with the Holy Spirit. Our aim is to follow in the steps of the apostles and disciples of the First Century Church founded by our Lord Jesus. Prepare yourselves, therefore, for a powerful encounter with the Word and power of God brought to you by Reverend Dr. V.C.Y. Edwards, the General Overseer of FCAC. He is a seasoned man of God who is blessed with a powerful teaching and deliverance ministry. I encourage you, therefore, to join us every Tuesday at our teaching services at 7 p.m. prompt. You will be truly blessed. God bless you as you join us in the service. Amen. Shall we all be seated, church? This meeting, we want to continue the second part of the benefits in obeying God's word. The benefits or the blessings that you receive when we obey the word of God. God commands us to obey his word because God knows the blessings that you receive by being obedient to his word. And once again, we look at our text in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 31, verses 12 and 13. Deuteronomy 31, 12 and 13. The benefits of being God's word, part two. This evening is part two. We dealt with part one last week. And this evening, this meeting, we are dealing with part two of the benefits in obeying God's word. Deuteronomy 31, verses 12 through 13. And I read from the New King James Version of the Bible. Gather the people together, men and women, and little ones, and the stranger who is within your gates, that they may hear and that they may learn to fear the Lord your God and carefully observe all the words of this law. And that their children who have not known it may hear and learn to fear the Lord your God as long as you live in the land which which you cross the Jordan to possess. The meaning of this scripture tells us that the word of God is for everybody. Everybody on the face of the earth. Both men, women, children. Even strangers who may not be our relatives. Strangers that we meet. In other words, nobody is exempted or excused from being the word of God. And the text here is emphatic in saying that, that they may learn that they may learn, and in learning to fear the Lord our God. The fear of the Lord does not mean that we fear him as to run away from him. No. The fear means giving him respect, honoring him, worship him. In fact, 
The fear of the Lord means drawing closer to him and doing whatever he asks us to do. Hallelujah. Beloved, hearing the word of God, we hear the word of God every day, reading, memorizing, or even meditating upon the word of God are of no value. All these things of no value to us without obedience to the word that we hear, the word that we read, the word that we memorize or meditate upon, without obedience, without following these words, all that effort, that exercise is fruitless. Obedience is the key. And for that reason, we hear, learn, read and meditate the word of God simply because we want to know we want to receive instruction in the word of God so that we might obey them hearing the word of God is designed to make you know receive instruction make you knowledgeable in the word so that what you know then you obey and in obeying the word of God then God blesses you with so many benefits that we cannot list them all. I've tried to list about 20 or so. Uh, last week we dealt with nine and tonight, God willing, we'll deal with another nine. So many, hundreds of them. Now, when we say obedience to the word of God or obeying the word of God, what it, what it simply means is that is that you do what God says you do, what the word says you must do, in every possible situation. Situations that we face in this life are many, and they are all different. We face many different situations every day of our lives. But for each situation, for each and every situation, there's something in the word of God that tells you and me how we should behave, how to go about it, how to respond in a godly way. The way God wants us to respond in that situation is very clearly written in God's word. God has not left any of us in doubt. So that as we go through these things, every situation that you come up against, every situation that you possibly meet remember that there's a godly way a godly manner that you might respond or react or behave in that situation and that's what we mean by obeying the word of God and that's what we learn or hear the word of God for not just hearing and learning and going away and continuing the same way as we were before we came. But every day as we hear or learn the word of God, it should mold us, change us, modify us, transform us so that we all come, Bible says, to the unity of the faith. That as believers, as Christians, our behavior in every situation will be the same and will be in accordance with the word of God. Because see, obedience is the only way 
that a child of God can be pleasing to God. As children of God, obedience. Obedience is the only way that we can please the Lord our God. And without pleasing the Lord our God, if you don't please him then, it means that you make him displeased. You make him angry. You arouse his anger. You attract his wrath. The, the opposite of obedience and therefore pleasing God is making God angry and therefore attracting his wrath. And with his wrath comes punishment. With his wrath comes judgment. But may we all learn to obey the word of God. Amen. Amen. Many Christians, if asked, what benefits, what at all do you get, what blessing do you get by obedience to God or God's word, they might probably give you just one or two. So I'm born again, but they might not be able to give you more than one or two reasons why we must the word of God. Therefore, these teachings are designed to at least create in us the awareness, make us aware that there are many, many reasons that to us that we cannot list them all. And among these benefits or blessings, definitely are some blessings that you need, you and I need. You and I need those blessings, and in fact, we may even need them very urgently. Therefore, the only way to move the hand of God on your behalf to attract God's favor, blessing, is simply by obeying his word. And as we go through this list, um, is to highlight the importance. It is to bring home to you the, 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 the weight of the blessing benefits that we get simply by obedience. In Jesus' name, just say amen. One thing that we become, one blessing that we receive by total or complete obedience to God's word is greatness in the kingdom of heaven. In the kingdom of God, the person who believes and obeys God's word, God considers to be great. Matthew chapter 5 verse 19. Matthew 5 19. Look at that quickly. Matthew chapter 5 verse 19. Greatness in the kingdom of heaven. In the kingdom of God. Jesus speaking, he said in Matthew chapter 5 verse 19. Whoever therefore breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches men so shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does and teaches them, he shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. This is what the Lord Jesus is saying here. That the least, the least of the commandments, anyone who breaks them and therefore teaches others to break them, Talking to Christians here, believers here, that believer, that Christian will be labeled, God will see him or her as least, the smallest, the littlest in the kingdom of heaven. But anyone that is very careful 
it takes a lot of care a lot of consciousness it takes awareness it doesn't happen automatically but anyone who is careful to observe every word of God to the extent that he also teaches men to do so shall be called greatest greatest in the kingdom of heaven that means God sees you as a great person and if God sees you God calls you God classifies you as great then you are truly great Church, may we all be great in the eyes of God clap your two hands for Jesus I want me I, I, want, I would like God to see me as great in his kingdom I would like very much like God to, to classify me or to categorize me as great not least so this is enough reason for you and me to be carefully obedient to the word of God hallelujah the other thing that other blessing we receive or benefit we receive is we manifest love for God. Manifest love for God. Obeying the word of God is a manifestation of love for God. And therefore, it attracts other things. We're going to look at that. Matthew, sorry, sorry, John chapter 14, verse 23. John 14, 23. John's Gospel, chapter 14, verse 23. Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him wonderful great this is glorious if anyone loves me jesus speaking he will keep my word and my father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him so, one blessing, one benefit we get by obeying the word of God is the fact that or it is proof that we love God. We love him because he and his word are one. God and his word are one and inseparable. So, obedience to the word of God is evidence in the spirit realm, in the eyes of God, that you love him. And when God knows that you love him, he found a man or a woman after his own heart who will do all that he commands. It means that God has found you as a woman or as a man after his own heart because you are doing all that he commands you to do. And the result is that he will love you. Because obeying his word is proof that you love God. God will in turn also love you. 
But it doesn't end there. He will come to you. God will come to you. He wouldn't wait for you to come to you. He will come to you. Imagine God, creator of the universe, who made you, created you, coming to you and make his home. You make your home his home. Wonderful. Again, it's, it's mind-blowing. Now, because of this, you also receive the presence of God. And as you can see, it's getting better and better. It's getting better and better. The same scripture, John 14, 23, says that Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my father will love him. Then he goes on to say that, and we will come to him and make our home with him. And we will come to him. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit will come to him, that person, and make their home with him. In other words, that person will constantly have the presence of God with him. And church, as a human being, what more can anyone desire? What can, you, what can you wish more than having God's presence with you? We don't have time to go into the implications of that. But if God's presence is with you, you just meditate on this. You think of this. What, what, what it means to you and to me by having the presence of God everywhere you go, not just sometimes, but all the time. All the time. God's presence with you. Indeed, wherever you are in the world, watching or listening to these teachings, my prayer is that you will desire, you will desire, have a fervent desire to have God's presence with you. You may not see him because his spirit is invisible. But his word is infallible. God's word, we say, does not fail. There's no error. There's no margin of error. It doesn't fail. It is infallible. It is yea and amen. And if God is saying this, then it is true. He means what he says. He will come into you and his presence will be with you all the days of your lives. Church, say amen and clap your hands for Jesus. Now, again, obeying the word of God, obeying his word, means that you abide in the love of God. We have just read that the Father will love you. God will love you. The Bible says that the person who obeys God's word is careful diligence is alert to obey the word of God abides in the love of God we abide in the love of God now John 15 verse 10 John's gospel 15 verse 10 John 15 verse 10 if you keep my commandments you will abide in my love just as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. 
We all know that in heaven, love rules. There's nothing else apart from love. And Jesus is saying that if you obey his commandments, obey his word, obey the word of God, you will abide in his love. In the same way as he is abiding in the love of the Father. Because while he was here in this world, he was careful to do what the Father has sent him to do. And therefore, he was abiding in the love of the Father. In the same way, in the very same way, if you obey his commandments, then you abide in his love. And if God loves you so much, God loves you the same love, the same magnitude of love, the same extent of love that God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, that they love that they have among them, they mean that you have joined them. Maybe you become the fourth person of the Trinity. Hallelujah. Clap for two hands for Jesus. And that is desirable. In fact, that is what we should all aim for. And it's not hard. All you have to do is just obey the word of God. In every situation and for every time, whatever you are going through, there's God's commandment governing, covering that situation. And when we are in doubt, check the scriptures to know what we must do. What we must do. How we must behave to be able to abide in the love of God. Praise the Lord. Now, let's go to the book of Romans. Romans chapter 6. Romans 6, verses 17 and 18. Let me learn something here. Romans 6, 17 and 18. Paul's letter to the Romans, chapter 6, verses 17 and 18. But God be thanked that though you were slaves of sin, yet you obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine to which you were delivered. And having been set free from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. In that way, we're saying that the Bible is saying that when you obey the word of God, you obey God's word, you become a slave of righteousness. Become a slave, but not a slave as we understand a slave to be, but a slave of righteousness. And this is what the Bible is saying happens. Verse 17. Is that, but God be thanked. In other words, we thank God. Thank God that though you are slaves of sin. You see, everyone is a slave of sin. Until you hear the gospel, you hear the word of God, and you give a life to Jesus. Every human being under heaven, on the face of the earth, is spiritually a slave of sin. Most people may not be aware of this because the devil will not let you know. The devil wants to make you feel good that you are okay. You are self-sufficient. You are all right. But 
without Jesus, without obedience to the word of God, you are actually a slave of sin. And in sin, there's no love. In sin, there's no life. Death. Sin has its consequences. Unfortunately, the majority of human beings in this world are slaves of sin. But see, once you are still a slave of sin, you hear the word of God as you are hearing right now. You hear the gospel. And then, with all your heart, you just believe it. Wow, this is true. This is wonderful. You believe it. The moment you believe it, the moment you believe it, whilst you are a sinner, whilst you are still an enemy of God, the word of God is living, is alive, and is powerful. So you begin life, everyone begins life as a slave of sin. Then, hearing the word of God, you obey. You obey the doctrine of Christ. You obey the gospel. And that immediately delivers you. You are then delivered. It is the word that you believe that will bring you deliverance from God. You cannot deliver yourself. No one can deliver you outside Christ. No one can set you free from that slavery of sin. It begins with obedience to the word of God. And once you obey this word, the life and the power in the word begin to set you free, begin to bring good deliverance. Bible says he had delivered us from the power of darkness and transferred us. He didn't just deliver you, but he delivers you and then take you somewhere. Transferred us into the kingdom of Jesus Christ. So, that is all that it takes. So you are delivered to the doctrine. And as you believe completely, you see, you are not just put there and that is it. But God makes sure that your deliverance and your obedience is assured. So then you become a slave of righteousness. In other words, you become established. You become rooted, built up in the kingdom of God. Where righteousness, love, light, life is the norm. In the kingdom of sin, Satan, darkness, death, sin, hopelessness. That's what is there. But then, God, because he loves you, gave us his word. Obey, obey, just obey his word. And then, a series of events follow. And the one who is obedient ends up in the kingdom of heaven where God makes him, in inverted commas, a slave of righteousness. Paul called himself a bond servant of Jesus Christ. A bond servant. That means that he was not forced into slavery. Christ didn't force him to become his servant. He decided by his own choice became a bond servant of Jesus Christ. Therefore, 
being a slave of righteousness is not slavery of oppression or suppression, but rather it's a slavery of freedom, the slavery of light, eternal life, everlasting life. It's a slavery filled with the blessings, slavery filled with joy, peace, slavery filled with wonderful miracles from God. And that's what it's all about. And it all begins, begins with obeying the word of God. Whilst you are still a sinner, you, you, God, you still have the power to believe. Though you are a sinner, you still have the power to believe. You don't have to become righteous before you believe. No. You believe before you become righteous. Therefore, hearing me right now, may you all believe whatever you are and whatever you are in Jesus' name. Clap your two hands for Jesus. The Bible therefore says that, um, you know, but God be thanked. So it is so wonderful that we, we, Paul is thanking God for such a wonderful thing. But God be thanked that though you were slaves of sin, yet you obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine to which you were delivered. And having been set free from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. Hallelujah. We also have assurance of salvation. All these things are wonderful benefits, blessings. Each one as great and wonderful as the other. Assurance of salvation. First John chapter 2 verse 3. First John chapter 2 verse 3. We are then sure, you are confident of your eternal life, of your everlasting life, salvation. First John 2, verse 3. Now, by this we know that we know him. If we keep his commandments. That's one verse. Very simple. Now, by this, by keeping his word, by keeping his commandments, we know that we know him. In other words, the sign of someone who knows Jesus, who knows God, the sign, the, quali- the qualification of the person who claims to know God is obedient to his word. And that confidence of knowing him means that you have the assurance of salvation. If you know Jesus properly, he knows you. You have no problem. No problem. You you have no problem with with life after this life. In fact, um, a lot of times we hard press. You find yourself in a quandary. Find yourself in a position of indecision. Whether you should depart, like Paul said. Whether you should depart to be with the Lord. which Which Paul said is by far better, better than this life or to remain and the only reason why you remain here is because it means fruit from your labor you, are not, you don't remain in this life because you are just here because you are just in existence, no you are here because you have work to do because God is keeping you here to do something God is keeping you here 
for a purpose. And when that work is finished, when that purpose is over, then you enter into his rest. Therefore, Paul could say that he was hard-pressed between the two. Whether to depart to be with the Lord, which would be by far better than to remain here. But if he had to remain here, it's because it will mean fruit from his labor. He has work to do. He's still serving the Lord. And Paul could say that because he was sure, he was assured of his salvation. He had, in fact, more than 100% assurance of salvation. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Clap for Jesus. Of course, one thing that we all know, every believer will tell you is a blessing or benefit being a believer, being God, is eternal life. Eternal life. Now, again, 1 John 2, verse 17. 1 John, same scripture, chapter 2, verse 17. Eternal life. Life that goes on forever. Immortality. 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 And the world is passing away. And the last of it. And he who does the will of God abides forever. The world and the world is passing away. And the last of it means that in all that is in it, all the beautiful things, all the wonderful things, all the things that we love so much, that we work for, slave for, that we desire so much, even the things that we pray for in this world, they are all passing away. But he who does the will of God, he who obeys the word of God, abides forever. So here, the Bible is talking about eternal life, everlasting life, immortality. Immortality. And that's what we get by obeying the word of God. It's, this the, what are, it's, it's written in many, many other places in the Bible. Throughout the Bible, we get this theme, this, this message is there. Now, Next, we dwell in God. Dwelling in God. Being in God. God being you, you being in God. First John 3, again, First John 3, verse 24. First John 3, verse 24. Dwelling or abiding in God. So as you Write down these benefits. Go over them. Then you see, you see how much you get by just obeying the word of God. So 1 John 3, verse 24. Now, he who keeps his commandments abides in him. And he in him, that he Christ in the person. And by this we know that he abides in us. By the spirit whom he has given us. By the spirit whom he has given us. Amen. Everyone, Bible says, everyone who obeys the word of God, who obeys Jesus, who obeys God, abides in him. Immediately, God becomes your dwelling place. God becomes your habitation. And how do you know that? 
How do you know that you are dwelling in God? And um, something I find it hard to believe. The Bible says that by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. Only way we know this <laughs> is by the Spirit whom he has given us. By this we know that he abides in us. By the Spirit whom he has given us. And I find it you got to believe that I mean anyone who claims he had the spirit of God um, doesn't manifest does not manifest the presence of the spirit in him or in her if you have the spirit in you the spirit will reveal himself in you by certain manifestations and the, 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 the easiest and the first and foremost easiest Jesus said that we shall speak in tongues we shall speak in tongues but when we speak in tongues or we pray in tongues or even sing in tongues it is not you it is your spirit that speaks it is the Holy Spirit speaking through your spirit it's not you. And when you pray in tongues, it's not you praying because you don't understand even what you are saying. You don't understand it. But God, Holy Spirit, who is speaking or praying, showing you how to pray, understands it. The Bible says that we don't know. Otherwise, we, we don't even know. We don't know what things we should pray for and how we ought to pray for them. So, the Spirit helps us. The Holy Spirit helps us in our prayer lives by showing us what we should pray for and how we should pray for them. The way God wants, the thing God wants us to pray for, which we don't know, praying in turn, the Spirit who searches all things, knows those things, He will lead you to pray for those things. And not only, but also lead show you how you must pray for those things and that's what we are by tongues and therefore uh, i find it a bit hard to believe or to understand how anyone can say he's a christian or a believer and that christ abides in him and yet that person doesn't believe in being born again or speaking or praying in tongues then where is the Holy Spirit in that person? In the Holy Spirit, can, can, can one keep him silent? Can one muzzle him? Can a person close his mouth? Can a person prevent him from manifesting his presence if he's in that person? Think of it. By this we know. Verse 24. Now he who keeps his commandments abides in him. That's in Jesus. And he, Jesus, is in him. And by this we know that he abides in us. By the Spirit whom he has given us. The said that the Holy Ghost is our guarantee. It's our guarantee for a day of judgment. 
Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Clap your hands for Jesus. And finally, again, just like eternal life, entrance into heaven. Entrance into heaven. Obedience, the word of God, brings about entrance into heaven. Revelation 22, verse 7. Revelation chapter 22, verse 7. This is Jesus speaking. He said, Behold, I'm coming quickly. Blessed is he who keeps the words of the prophecy of this book. Blessed is he who keeps the words of the prophecy of this book. Behold, I'm coming quickly. Someone may say, oh, Jesus resurrected or ascended to heaven more than 2,000 years ago. So, what does quickly hear mean? 2,000 years, he hasn't come back. Everything is going on normally. So, like the Israelites said at Mount Sinai, ask for this Moses. <laughs> we don't know what has become of him. <laughs> Moses who has brought them out of Egypt, ten plagues, God used to part the Red Sea, turn the waters of Mara, bitter waters of Mara, to sweet, gave them, and he was away for 40 days, and they began to say, oh, as for this Moses, we don't know what has become of him, so Aaron, come, make us another God. You can see the same scenario playing out now. Same scenario. Jesus, the Bible said that nothing was made that was made without him. He made all things. Created you, created me. And uh, he said he's, he's, he's going to be coming back. And so 2,000 years, in fact, it's 2,000 as I had 2022 years now, and a year 2022. So, as for this Jesus, are we sure he's going to come back at all? What has become of him? We don't know. So, let's carry on with our lives. But when I see if we say, oh, my life, I want, to, I want to live my life. I want to carry on with my life. It makes me laugh. It makes me laugh. They forget. One thing they forget, or they willfully forget, or they, they don't know. Is that with God, a thousand years is as one day. Our thousand years is as one day to God. One day. And God's one day is like a thousand years to us. So in fact, based on that scripture, Jesus has been gone for only two days now. He's been gone for only two days. So if he said, behold, I come quickly... In fact, if he should come right now, he has come too quickly. Too quickly, don't even go. That means that he, he, he didn't even sit down before he came back. 
That's what it means. A thousand years is like one day to God, and one day is like a thousand years. And we also forget that in heaven, where Jesus is, where God, where God is, there is neither day or night. You see, time, there is no time, there is no calendar. We don't have January, February, March. We don't have years there. Because there is no morning, no evening. When God was creating the world, I would say it was evening and morning, one day. So, our days, our time is regulated by days and months and years. But in heaven, there is nothing like that. So, in heaven, it is one continuous present time. That's why God knows the end from the beginning. He knows the end from the beginning. Because there's no calendar, there's no time, there's no clock, no watch there. God knows how he keeps time. But time, years and months and so, they are, they are for us. Therefore, the Bible said that the secret things, the secret things belong to the Lord our God. But the things that are revealed to us, they are for us and for our children. So, it is wrong to compare time in this world, earthly time, to heavenly time. Two different things. It is a big mistake, error, to look at your time and say that, oh, Christ has been gone for too long, so probably he's not coming back. Israel made that mistake. Moses was away for 40 days. They forgot that in the presence of God, 40 days were maybe just about about just about two minutes. <laughs> Moses was there for only two minutes. <laughs> only one minute. Then they said, oh, after this, Moses, we don't know what has become of him. <laughs> and when Moses came down, he came down with the wrath of God. So, he said, behold, behold, I come quickly. I come quickly. <laughs> Blessed is he who keeps the words of the prophecy of this book. And even finally, the Bible says that, for it is appointed unto man to die once. And after that, judgment. So, between physical death and the judgment day of God, there's no time. There's no time. For those who are fallen asleep, there's no time. For it is appointed unto man to die once. So, it means that when a person dies, if you want to look at time-wise, in terms of time, it's like time comes to a standstill. The clock is stopped. Then the next time the clock is restarted is judgment day. So, you, a person may be asleep, may have died, gone for, for 100,000 years. What does it matter? For that, it's like going to sleep. Compare sleep in the night and waking up in the morning. Do you keep time when you are asleep? And you don't even know when you sleep. Nobody knows, nobody can tell exactly what time 
he or she slept. Oh, the last thing you knew that you were feeling sleepy. That's the last thing you can remember. Your eyes were closing. And then, man, your eyes closed. You may have been sleeping for six hours, some of you 12 hours. The next thing you do is when we wake up, the first thing you look at is the clock. What time is it? Oh, I've been sleeping for 12 hours. But in between, no knowledge of what went on. And therefore, in Ghana, we have the Akan tribe. They have a proverb that says that if you don't know what death is like, if you have no idea, if you always want to know what, how death is like, look at sleep. Or if you don't know what, God, what death is like, look at sleep. Because you go to sleep and then you wake up. So it means that in fact, as far as you and I are concerned, the 70, 80, or 100 years that God has given us is all. After that, then immediately judgment. Judgment. Because in heaven, there's no time. Therefore, with God, a thousand years are one day, and one day is as a thousand years. So, entrance into heaven is a mighty blessing. It's a big benefit, a big gift that you and I must not joke with. Simply by obeying the word of God. Simply by obeying the word of God. And when we say obeying the word of God, we have said that it means doing what God wants you to do at every situation. When it's time for you to have your meal, to eat, what do you do? You bless the food. You thank God for the food. Before you begin to eat, it doesn't matter how hungry you are, you take about a few seconds to thank God for the food before you eat. And now God will bless it for you, acknowledging that it's God who has given the food. In your workplace where you work, where you work, the word of God has something to say about the way you should conduct yourself. Conduct yourself. Every situation when you are sick, what a God has something to do about to say about how to get your healing. Pray, go to the hospital and get prayed for. Pray, hospital, get prayed for. Even when you are lacking something, in a situation where you are you are you, you lack something, don't you don't have to covet. Don't be jealous. Don't covet. Be content with what you have. Yes, even a situation of lack, situation of not having enough. So we have to be thankful to God and be content with what we have. Don't be anxious. Not to be covetous. Not to be jealous. So in every situation, the word of God is there. And as you obey them, and all these benefits become yours. Even in becoming a believer, you must, something must do. We are before a slave of sin. So you have to repent. The word of God tells you that before Jesus will accept you, God accepts you, you have to repent. Repent. Give up your former life. When you decide Having heard today's word, to become a believer, a follower of Jesus, 
so that you will get all these benefits. There is a way to go about it. You cannot just be going to church and living your former life and think that by going to church, then that is it. No. There is repentance. There is confession. You believe with your heart, you confess with your, with your mouth. Obedience. Water baptism, Holy Ghost baptism. Regular attendance to church meetings. Not forsaking the assembling together of ourselves. Regular, constant attendance to meetings, to holy convocations like this. So, the word of God covers everything. That's what we're talking about. You cannot leave some and obey some. Jesus said, anyone who, who leaves, the least of these commandments will be considered lesser. But the one who does them all and teaches men to do so will be called great. So you cannot pick and choose. You have to give God all that he asks you to do. In Jesus' name, say Amen. Thank you for participating in this Tuesday evening's teaching service. We believe you have been blessed by the word. You're welcome to visit us at Emma Community 5 of PV or being run about. God bless you and we hope to see you next Tuesday.